Well, we decided to take a couple of days off at the end of last week. And let me tell you, friends, that's something we better not do anymore because let's just say the bottom done dropped out of everything when we went off the air Thursday and Friday. Hello, it's another week of the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent. John Rawl here in the captain's chair. And yes, coronavirus, it's becoming a bigger, bigger deal. It seems like every hour of every day. And we've got our eye all over it here as we start a new week of the show all about the Southeast. Coming up on today's Y'all Show, we've got the latest from Washington, D.C. as the Trump administration holds daily press conferences regarding the coronavirus outbreak. And we've got news about that. Sunday was a day of worship and even President Trump did something a little bit different on Sunday as he watched a church service from Gainesville, Georgia, Georgia over the internet. And we'll discuss that here as part of our headlines from across the Southeast. We also have business headlines from around the region that we'll get to. Most every single one has something to do with the coronavirus as this thing is upending our lives right now. We hope it gets past us sooner than later, but from schools closing to sports ending, I mean, what a boring weekend it was for most of us. And that's what we're having to do, these extra steps to get this thing out of here as fast as possible. We'll have business news later in the hour for some levity. We're going to have hashtag hullabaloo. We've got a couple of funny things there we'll be sharing with you and a much needed break from the severity of what's going on with coronavirus coming up at the end of this hour. Hour two, since we don't have a whole lot of sports to talk about, we'll share the handful of things sports-wise going on here in our weekend look at what happened over the weekend sports-wise, which of course was not much, but some things happened off the field. We'll tell you about that. Jerry Short's going to join us for most of hour two, the Takapola storyteller. We'll get his take on coronavirus and his own take on what he did as a youngster as he was quarantined not for coronavirus and we'll ask him about how that was all that with our Takapola storyteller jerry short in hour two to connect with us here on the all southern show our number is 803-816-1170 our email address y'all show at y'all.com and you also can find us on facebook and twitter facebook we're at y'all.com on facebook our page is there you can like it you can subscribe you can follow it and every day when we have our our great variety of stories posted at y'all.com they show up on our facebook feed and it's a great way to stay on top of everything southern our twitter account is at y'all show we We've been posting some stuff there recently, so follow us, and you'll get all the information coming to us via the At Y'all Show on Twitter. Well, we hope you and yours are as having as, as best of an experience with coronavirus. If, if you are quarantined right now, we've determined that the Y'all Show is a great way to get past this stuff with our two hours a day of talk about the south this is a great relief for you but we're not trying to discount anything with the coronavirus a scary situation with again that death rate why this makes a little bit more of a scare for a lot of us is the death rate around two to three percent worldwide that's a lot higher than the flu although the number of cases of coronavirus certainly nowhere close to the actual normal flu that we get this time of year and the number of deaths from the flu are going to be a lot higher we would think here this year but still the way this thing spreads the way you can get it so much easier than the flu has a lot of people very concerned thus the reason the officials of not only this country but countries around the world are taking steps they've not taken before to try to stem the growth of the coronavirus now on sunday it was a day of worship around the world 
and President Donald Trump did something he'd never done. He watched the internet. He watched a church service from Gainesville, Georgia, as Jensen Franklin, a Gainesville-based pastor and a longstanding evangelical ally of the president, had a church service that the the president tuned in in the White House as part of the National Day of Prayer, as it's on May 7th, but Trump, Trump declared a special National Day of Prayer on Sunday. And that is something that we need to not forget about. Uh, prayer might just be the only thing that can help make this coronavirus go away quicker than quicker than later because we can sit here and try to do tests and try to come up with a vaccine as fast as we possibly can but we need some help from above let's be honest with you during his sermon the gainesville-based georgia preacher franklin urged prayers for china and iran areas that have been hit very hard by coronavirus and the preacher also sought to acknowledge the fatal toll that coronavirus is already exacting worldwide while encouraging worshipers not to let the fear flu get you Uh, by falling prey to panic and that's something president trump sunday evening when he spoke at the white house he doesn't have the best way of passing along what i think he's trying to say he just needs to have someone like me be a spokesperson and say okay yes it's scary but it's not that scary as of right now let's try to not panic he didn't say that though (laughs) and so a lot of people the the pundits on tv were quick to say well the president says this and then the people come right behind him like dr fauci and they totally go against what he just said well they're not totally going against the president he just doesn't have a way of easing people there's so many people on edge uh, no matter what the subject is when he speaks now keep in mind more than 5800 people worldwide have died from the coronavirus pandemic with our death toll in this country just short of 100 at least on sunday around 60 was the last number that i had coming from this country here but that unfortunately too many people as we've seen already a lot of people across the south on sunday attended church and a lot of them did it just the way president trump did watching it online you had a lot of services announced that they're not even going to have an actual getting back together a traditional church service until sometime in april even the vatican in rome announced that they're not going to have the traditional service for easter that catholics from around the world millions come to rome for that they've canceled that here this year of course italy has had a horrible time with the coronavirus outbreak and so we already know from the the pontiff there that they're not going to do that in rome and so therefore people around this country with easter coming up on april 12th people are doing things already making their plans be a little bit different this year at St. Michael, the Archangel Catholic Church in Glen Allen, Virginia, which is just outside of Richmond, on Sunday, about 150 parishioners attended the 915 Mass, a service that usually has almost 700 people. So quite a reduction there. As the deacon there, Andrew Ferguson, urged parishioners to honor that distance and a recommendation to stay at least six feet away from each other during the service there outside of Richmond on Sunday. So, again, all of us are doing things a little bit different, whether it's staying at home for work, which I can't imagine a lot of us are going to do quite the same amount of volume of work if we're staying at home. Some of us have kids who are away from school for several weeks now. I know most school districts have closed this week. Some have closed even next week. Some colleges, it sounds like, aren't even getting back together this year. Some colleges are all, went ahead and had sort of a, a rushed graduation ceremony. Maybe more not necessarily a formal one, but something to have at least a photo taken with your cap and gown. And all that's happening right now. Of course, all the sports teams for, pretty much have been put on pause. Some have canceled their seasons. And something we've not seen before 
in this country's history, at least caused by a virus. Maybe the start of a war might do it, but this is this is unprecedented. Now, I want to mention something that you get two different sides of the coronavirus. You have the side that says this is not that big of a deal. It's like having the flu. Some of you don't even realize you have it. And then you're discovered you've got it and life goes on. That may be the case in some. There's the other side of that, that this is a horrible it's 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 a new it's the new pandemic that's going to kill millions of people although that hasn't happened yet this one could end up being that way it could be it could be just absolutely awful only time will tell but i want to tell you a story out of right here in the south an an episode going on right now sadly for a new orleans area lawyer he lives in kenner louisiana he's 45 years old and very healthy guy with a family and more and this is just an example of how COVID-19 is affecting just one southerner Mark Freelo is his name and again he's an, a Kenner Louisiana based l- lawyer and he had some signs that he might have the flu went in saw a doctor they gave him medicines and he went through a couple of days of taking medicines but his fever would spike nightly a lot of this being relayed to the local newspaper and the writer at nola.com ramon antonio vargas wrote this story along with the help of the wife of mr freelo heaven freelo and she says that she found him with his fever spiking nightly and she found him one night on the edge of their tub talking to himself he was delirious so they went to the east jefferson general hospital and the staff there diagnosed him with double pneumonia and also diagnosed him with the coronavirus. He's been sedated and attached to a breathing machine as doctors are trying to help him fight the potentially deadly respiratory disease that now is a worldwide pandemic. On Sunday, Heaven Freelow said she could hardly believe it. Her husband, again, 45 years old and a construction litigator from Kenner, Louisiana, is never ever sick but after seeing images of huge groups partying in new orleans on saturday despite the state's request to practice social distancing she's now speaking up hoping her family's experience can serve as a warning for those who underestimate the risk of covid19 as heaven freelo says it could happen to anybody that's all i'm trying to say and again this goes back to her husband mark who had his temperature spike uh it orig- originally went to 99 and she said that she called him a wuss when he even mentioned that his temperature first went to 99 degrees. But three days later, before Louisiana announced their first case, she said this thing kind of started spinning out of control. And as I said, he went to the doctor that gave him Tamiflu to try to help out what they thought was some kind of form of the flu, but ended up it was COVID-19. And then she had the episode there at the tub where he was talking out of his head, didn't know what was going on and ultimately they've diagnosed him but again very very sick guy as he's in the hospital he's in critical care right now isolated and he's been given a paralytic drug sedated and put on a ventilator so we wish him all the best in a very very scary time and his kids were around him his wife so the school that the kids go to there in the new orleans area st martin's episcopal in metairie they had to shut down closed at least until next month along with the rest of Louisiana state schools. This is just one example of one guy, a perfectly normal guy in a state, Louisiana, where they've had 91 positive cases of COVID-19 as of Sunday morning. And here's a guy, not an elderly fella, mid-40s, lawyer, 
sharp guy, sharp family, and he has a real battle ahead of him if, if we if we hope we can get out of there. Our prayers go to Mark Freelo of Metairie and Kenner, Louisiana area as he goes through this COVID-19 battle. Again, we haven't heard a lot of the personal stories coming from the South here, especially from those who are in their mid-40s, for goodness sakes, and ought, ought not have some of these conditions. And there's a guy that was looked like a symbol of strength prior to this. Well, the head coach of the state Louisiana of Louisiana of the state of Louisiana, and that would be Ed Orgeron of the LSU Tigers. He's doing his part to let everybody know about the coronavirus. In fact, Ed Orgeron has just filmed a public service announcement, and you can view this at coronavirus.gov. The coach of the national champion LSU football team using his power of the microphone and John Bell Edwards, the governor of Louisiana, even retweeted this issue this image from cdc and he wrote when coach o speaks we all listen well amen to that governor edwards let's hear now the head coach of the baton rouge base school talk about coronavirus and some guidelines whether you're in the bayous of louisiana or anywhere in the southeast you can take heed to the advice of coach ed Ordron. coach o take it away for every winning team a key to success is learn the playbook that's true in football and it's also true as we take on the coronavirus. The spread of the coronavirus is a serious matter, but there's a game plan for keeping residents as safe as possible. Everyone has a role to play as we face this challenge together. Cover your cough with your elbow like this. Wash your hands thoroughly, a full 20 seconds. If you're sick, stay home. If you think you should be tested, phone your health provider first. Avoid close contact with anyone who's sick. Protect your at-risk family members, including the elderly. If you're not at risk, take care as you go about your daily business. Get the facts now from coronavirus.gov and your state health department. We're all in this together. Let's team up to protect our health. And that was the coach of the national champion LSU football team, Ed Orgeron, doing his part to help educate those of us on COVID-19 and to stem the spread of this deadly, deadly virus. Now, states around the country are now turning to cash reserves as coronavirus has strained the budgets of various states. States with sizable stockpiles have their rainy day funds set aside, and it's during their robust years of tax collections they have these rainy day funds in the in the kitty, if you will. And now some of these state lawmakers are tapping into those savings for this emergency response for coronavirus. Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York has done that. Remember, they've just had to close down Broadway in New York City, a huge revenue loss for that state. President Trump said Friday he would free up as much as $50 billion for state and local governments as he declared the virus pandemic a national emergency. Governor Mike Parson of Missouri has said that all resources that we have on hand to make sure if things get worse, we won't. He says that they're going to have for the most part funds there in the show me state to help out to the citizens of missouri in jefferson city and beyond as they have to deal with that but states not just missouri but new york and more dealing with this huge loss of revenue all because of the coronavirus now we take you to georgia and it's now because of the coronavirus the second state to postpone presidential primaries because of the coronavirus the march 24th presidential primary in the peach state which is next tuesday has now been postponed until may because of fears of the coronavirus and that comes a day after louisiana announced they're going to have to push back their primary 
as in-person early voting, which began statewide in Georgia March 2nd, was halted and the election moved to May 19th, along with Georgia's other 2020 primary elections also being held that day. And again, Louisiana also became the first state on Friday. They announced they're going to postpone their presidential primaries because of coronavirus as this virus, again, affecting more, infecting more than 150,000 people worldwide, killing 5,800 around the world in the U.S., 2,100 infections, 60 dead at least, and travel bans in place now. But Georgia, Louisiana voters, you're going to have to wait a little longer to put your 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 uh, vote into the hopper for the presidential primaries of 2020. Looks like May for Georgia. It wouldn't surprise me if Louisiana's somewhere around that same time period one of the celebrities if you want to call him that that's been now tested positive for having the coronavirus is the mayor of miami florida francis suarez as he's confirmed that he's tested positive for the virus the 42 year old mayor announced last week that he was going to self-quarantine after he learned that he may have been in contact with a communication secretary for brazil's president bolsonaro and this is the same guy that was at the Mar-a-Lago estate of President Trump the previous weekend. And people like Mike Pence, they were in close contact with the assistant there for the Brazilian president. And President Trump also close by. President Trump had a test Friday evening at the White House. And evidently that test was negative that he had coronavirus. But the mayor of Miami, Florida, Mayor Suarez, has now tested positive. And it, it looks like he had flu-like systems and then ended up being tested positive early on Wednesday of last week. As Suarez announced that although he feels healthy and strong, he will remain in isolation for at least 14 days. He went on to say in a statement, if we did not shake hands or you did not come into contact with me, if I coughed or sneezed, there is no action you need to take whatsoever. If we did, however, touch or shake hands, or if I sneezed or coughed near you since Monday of last week, it is recommended that you self-isolate for 14 days but you do not need to get tested. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that's that's asking a lot. Now, he wasn't the only person from Florida that also had to self-quarantine as the current U.S. Senator for the Sunshine State. Rick Scott announced that he would also be self-quarantining after potentially coming in, same, in the same contact with this Brazilian assistant to their president. So that one guy coming to Margo, I don't, I don't realize how, I don't understand how President Trump could not have been impacted by this in fact the brazilian president also tested negatively and this guy works for him and president trump and bolsonaro i know were together in a meeting for quite some time when he was at mar-a-lago the previous weekend but right now we wish all the best for the mayor of miami mayor suarez as he tries to overcome this awful awful coronavirus outbreak now on sunday Vice President Joe Biden, this coronavirus has kind of taken him off the headlines here the last couple of days. He and Bernie Sanders faced off in a debate, and I'm not going to give a lot of attention to this thing because, frankly, this is not the most important news of the day right now. In fact, it looks like Joe Biden, this race is his to lose on the Democratic side, and you could almost sense that before the coronavirus became ramped up to uh, death con three level or whatever term you want to use last week midweek when this thing started spiraling even more out of control but at that time remember bernie sanders uh, essentially announced that he wanted joe biden to kind of keep in mind his struggle his fight and in the backdrop of this global pandemic now their debate not necessarily the biggest headline going forward here this week 
but the two did get together in a very hushed environment with the audience essentially not there and the democratic debates also don't mean as much now that we see primaries being canceled or postponed for some time because of the coronavirus outbreak going on right now now because of the coronavirus outbreak last week when this all kind of started getting more and more traction and more and more closures with the nba canceling their season or suspending it is probably the better term to use and then you saw where ncaa sports were canceled not just suspended canceled for the rest of the year amidst all that the headlines there unfortunately we found out officially that we lost that youngster from East Tennessee, Evelyn Boswell, the missing Bluntville, Tennessee toddler, as it was officially announced that she was found dead as authorities discovered her body on family property in the East Tennessee town of Bluntville. That, according to the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, her body found on Wednesday of last week. She'd been missing for quite some time, a 15-month-old child, Evelyn Boswell, and the TBI in a statement said we have a sad update to pass along. As they said, remains found on Friday evening have been confirmed to be those of the little girl. And as of at least Wednesday of last week, no one had been charged in her death. But there had been a 17-day-long search in East Tennessee to find her body. And I know that the announcement came out that they had clothing that positively matched up with hers. But a very, very difficult situation, a story that's been ongoing and twisting and turning even into north carolina where authorities were searching ponds in that state but it looks like authorities found her body last week and we want to keep her family at least those who are part of this investigation as it looks like this might be family members involved with this missing toddler's ultimate discovery and death that's just a a, a accusation but based on the based on what we saw there if you followed the story especially if you live in east tennessee you know what i'm talking about this is a a very sad story coming to us and was lost in the shuffle nationwide because of all the coronavirus headlines from last week a guy that was almost the governor of florida andrew gillum he he lost out so very close to ron DeSantos when they ran for governor in the sunshine state some time ago well he was found inebriated in a miami beach hotel the other day and while investigating the police found meth meth on the former mayor of tallahassee and also almost governor of the state the 40 year old was in a room in the mondrian hotel in south beach with two other men when police arrived just after midnight on i think it was thursday night of last week and according to a report obtained by authorities police said they were called in response to an apparent drug overdose involving one of the other men Officers then attempted to speak to Mr. Gillum. Mr. Gillum was unable to communicate with officers due to his inebriated state. Paramedics responded a second time to the hotel to conduct a welfare check on Gillum. And fire rescue stated that he was in stable condition and his vitals were normal. He denied using methamphetamine and said he was in Miami celebrating a wedding and a statement to the Miami Herald newspaper beginning. This is a guy who many thought could end up being a presidential candidate here in 2020 at least a guy who could be a vice presidential candidate for example and here he's found in south beach in a hotel there inebriated and cops recovering meth there at the scene not the best headlines there for andrew gillum former mayor of tallahassee florida now another story that may have been missed over the last couple of days a rocket attack hit a base housing american troops in iraq 
as this barrage of rockets hit a base that housed the U.S. and other coalition troops north of Baghdad. This happened on Saturday, just days after a similar attack killed three servicemen, including two Americans. And we knew about, we told you midweek last week about that. One of those, I think, were from West Virginia. I think I'm right on that, possibly Maryland. The U.S.-led coalition said at least 25 107-millimeter rockets struck Camp Taji just before 11 a.m. on Saturday. Some struck the area where coalition forces are based, while others fell on air defense units, according to an Iraqi military statement. Five people wounded in the attack, including three coalition members and two Iraqi soldiers. And luckily, I don't think I'm, I'm reading anything about Americans here, although we wish our best for our coalition forces there in Iraq as part of this ongoing thing but yes that continuous hotbed of a problem there in iraq and a rocket attack at a base housing american troops from this past weekend now to a north carolina south carolina uh, story debate however you want to say it and this has this ties into our federal government i, I don't understand how this could happen but the catawba in the catawba indian nation is based in south carolina okay They've now received permission from the federal government to build a casino and resort on land that's in North Carolina. As the U.S. Department of the Interior approved in writing last week, the tribe's request to use 16 acres near I-85 in Kings Mountain. That's just to the west of Charlotte, just north of Gaffney, South Carolina. The location sits about 35 miles northwest of the Catawba Reservation in upstate South Carolina. This is going to be a $273 million investment in the entertainment complex, and it could generate over 1,600 construction jobs and create more than 3,000 direct and indirect jobs once it's built. The Catawba tribe has wanted for years to build a casino, which its leaders said has been thwarted by politicians despite a 1993 federal Catawba recognition law that was supposed to open the door for a casino. And of all things, the Catawbas out of South Carolina now the federal government says they can build one in north carolina i wonder how the cherokees there think about that by the way catawba leaders say they have a historical and legal claim to the land where this thing's going to be built but the eastern band of cherokee hey i told you wonder what they had to think of this eastern band of cherokee there in cherokee north carolina they've got two casinos located in the north carolina mountains they disagree and say the catawba should stay in their own state the eastern band promised to fight the decision in court so you're going to have Indian tribes going against each other in federal court over where to put a casino. Okay, but I'll tell you what, the if you don't know anything about what the Cherokee, what they have there at Cherokee, North Carolina, their casino, that is the only casino in about a 500-mile radius. So if you're in Atlanta or you're in Nashville in East Tennessee and you're in North Carolina, South Carolina, western portions of virginia southwest virginia kentucky even and if you want to go to a casino the closest option you got is cherokee north carolina so they kind of had a monopoly and it's a big deal there in western north carolina where the cherokee casino so you could understand why they don't want to have this casino there in at least north carolina they probably don't want it in south carolina either more to come in this developing story between the catawba and the cherokee indians and finally to bring us a little bit of a smile perhaps here as we close out our headlines from across the southeast we go back to virginia politics we haven't had a virginia political report here to start this week 
well we got one here but this one is not for an elected official of virginia so that's good news but a former candidate for a seat in virginia's house of delegates has now been charged with crimes commonly characterized as revenge porn the revenge porn sheila coleman was indicted in Henrico County the other day on two misdemeanor counts of alleging that she disseminated nude photos of a woman at her workplace. This according to news reports out of Virginia. As Coleman took issue with the characterization of the case in a phone call with a newspaper said she did not want to comment. But last year she tried to run against a Republican, Kirk Cox, and she got beat in that election there. But she's getting revenge according to these reports out of virginia through revenge porn as authorities said that coleman obtained nude photos of the victim and showed them to the woman supervisor at her workplace not exactly the best thing the 47 year old democrat who lives in chesterfield works as a real estate agent and a special prosecutor now working the case said that coleman told the victim's boss that the nude photos were taken at work and on company time and uh, not sure, according to the authorities, what the motive was there for Coleman in Virginia to go after a co-worker, a fellow female co-worker there with revenge porn. Uh, revenge porn. I can't say that word. See, this is tripping me up here to even talking about it. Well, that's a quick look at what's going on from the headlines. Of course, coronavirus certainly on our minds with these headlines. Well, guess what? Coronavirus is also going to be on the headlines of our business report. That's coming up next. One thing we do have not necessarily directly related to the coronavirus is gas prices. Gas prices down 15 cents over the last couple of weeks. We'll tell you about that. I'll even tell you a price that I found over the weekend. I couldn't believe how cheap the gas was. We'll share all that with our Southern Business Report, and it's coming up next. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lie down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund and give up the best night's sleep i've had since i learned to walk no way you're the only one i want to come home to purple mattress spring into big savings with purple spring sale get a free set of purple sheets and a plush pillow when you purchase a purple hybrid or purple premier mattress when you text offer to 84888 that's keyword o-f-f-e-r to 84888 message and data rates may apply please do not text and drive see purple.com for terms and conditions If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. 
I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Get ready, set, go Gonna take you to the crystal and a picture show Well, the sky's the limit, there's no price too high Baby, you're the apple of my eye Got my paycheck in my pocket, some gas in the tank Honey, your love's better than money in the bank It's the Y'all Show. Back with you, John Rawl here. It's our Southern Business Report and the coronavirus certainly on our mind when we talk about the business of the South. And right now, this coronavirus is shutting down the economy in a lot of ways, whether it's in all kinds of entertainment options, whether it's sports. I could tell you about movie theaters, ticket sales way down there and more. It is really, really causing a lot of problems and Wells Fargo Securities last week predicted a slight drop of the nation's gross domestic product, the broadcast measure of economic output, in the April through June quarter. And we saw the Fed, I think, on Sunday evening drop their interest rate to just above zero. That was a good move, according to the president. But right now, it's it's a very, very scary time business-wise in our economy. Now, Amazon says it's out of stock of household items and deliveries are delayed due to coronavirus demand. I could see that one coming, couldn't you? Yes, many household items out of stock because of the coronavirus outbreak. Cleaners, toilet paper, and more. The company also warned shipping times are slower due to the high demand for online shopping. Amazon Prime members typically get orders within a day to two days, and now you're seeing a major delay as the issues are a result of a dramatic increase in the rate of people shopping online according to a post put out on amazon.com as amazon also posted in the short term this is having an impact on how we serve our customers we're working around the clock with our selling partners to ensure availability on all of our products and bring on additional capacity to deliver all of your orders well this is what happens when we have so many people go online shopping and we don't have a system set up for it. We also are having problems with our brick and mortar stores too. So I'm not it's not just Amazon that's feeling the pinch here, but yes, Amazon not set up for a pandemic as we're seeing right now, it appears. Now toilet paper, a big problem that for many right now, if you are going to the grocery stores, I'm seeing just like you on social media, people taking pictures of the stores that have empty shelves where toilet paper should be and paper towels and such. This could be good for Choctaw County in Alabama as they have a plant there that helps make toilet paper. And Georgia Pacific's Nahaliola Mill is working to churn out lots and lots of toilet paper. As this mill currently has 900 employees, it produces bath tissue and paper towels. It also makes paperboard used to make Georgia Pacific's Dixie paper cups, poles, and cups, and more. So 
right now this plant there in choctaw county alabama looking to turn out more and more product as they are in a need another reason the company is able to meet the demand is that this meal last year saw a 120 million dollar investment that specifically targeted its toilet paper capability georgia pacific has pumped more than 500 million dollars into this meal over the past couple of years and about a billion point six dollars into its alabama operation so georgia pacific maybe can help out there with their plant in choctaw county alabama with a little bit more toilet paper coming our way courtesy of this plant and the income and the investment that's been going into it for quite some time so if you're a little bit low on your tp perhaps an alabama-based toilet paper manufacturer will have that to you here pretty pretty soon just hang on y'all as we've told you one of the dives here economically speaking or things that we really could live without sports is one thing as we've seen cancellations from the masters to or at least postponements for the masters and some cancellations of some of our sporting events well entertainment options like going to the theater it's also suffering big time ticket sales plunged to their lowest levels in at least 20 years over this past weekend and it was one of Hollywood's worst weekends at the box office. Receipts totaling $55.3 million came in from the U.S. and Canadian theaters. And not since 2000 has weekend box office revenue been so low, according to the data firm Comscore. So, yes, we're seeing the theaters as the latest relief from, from Pixar onward was out. And it was the top film, but it earned $10.5 million in its second weekend. And you would expect that would have been a lot more if not for the fear of going to the theater right now that many, many of you are experiencing. I haven't gone to the theater, so I can't lump myself into this. To this, And as I said before, the toilet paper industries of the world, they're seeing people want their product big time. A lot of people are also trying to get hand sanitizers and more. And I don't know if this is a good thing, a pro-business story to tell you about, or it's just knuckleheads, but a pair of Tennessee brothers, Noah Colvin and Matt Colvin. Have y'all heard about these fellows out of the Chattanooga area? They tried to capitalize on the coronavirus outbreak recently by buying 18,000 bottles of hand sanitizer. And now they say they have nowhere to sell these products after a crackdown on online price gouging. Yeah, could have seen that one coming. Yes, for these two as they had bought up stores, uh, gone into stores all over Tennessee, Kentucky as well, buying hand sanitizer. And their intention was to sell the goods on Amazon at marked up prices. They sold the sanitizer for between $8 and $70 each, multiple times higher than what they originally paid for them at local stores, trying to get rich. Shame, 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 don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's an American thing to try to make a little bit of money, but good Lord, charging this much for hand sanitizer? But now a crackdown on gouging, and these guys might just be stuck as they've got, again, some 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer sitting in Noah Colvin's garage, and they don't have a place to sell. Do you feel sorry for them? Maybe. Maybe maybe you do. But, yeah, they're trying to get rich. Shame on them. But I don't think what they did was quite illegal because it wasn't deemed to be illegal before it was deemed illegal. Therefore, they're kind of in a bad spot right now and finally looking at our headlines from across the southeast from a business standpoint the average price of gas the regular price regular grade gasoline dropped 15 cents per gallon over the past couple of weeks down to two dollars and 39 cents nationwide industry analysts said that the gas prices could continue to fall as demand shrinks amid the coronavirus pandemic the price at the pump averages 12 cents lower than it was a year ago 
Now, the lowest average price in Tulsa, Oklahoma at $1.82, the average price of diesel right now, $2.88. That's a dime less than what it was just a few weeks ago. I paid, and I'm not going to tell you where, because I don't want y'all to go raid this place and take up all their gas. This past weekend, I had to fill up $1.54 a gallon is what I paid for regular. And it felt so good. It felt so good to have a dollar. I haven't seen a price that low for gas in more than 20 years. So that's one positive thing. And it may not be good having cheap gas from an economic standpoint, but from a John standpoint, it felt really, really good. We have coming up next, we're going to wrap up this hour with a little bit of hashtag hullabaloo, a little levity coming your way. We'll try to put a smile on your face. And then don't forget, hour two, Jerry Short, the Takapola storyteller, is coming your way all right here on The Y'all Show. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lie down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. Spring into big savings with Purple Spring Sale. Get a free set of purple sheets and a plush pillow when you purchase a purple hybrid or purple premier mattress. When you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. We're back on the Y'all Show, and to maybe help bring a little bit of smiles to all y'all, we're going to have hashtag Callabaloo to wrap up this first hour of the show that's all about the South. And with coronavirus on our mind, we go to James D. Hart as James D. Hart at James D. Hart on Twitter, a Christian, a husband to Hart National TX, Hart National TX, a daddy of four and a Latino, according to his profile on Twitter. He writes on Twitter this week, woke up with Georgia on my mind, hashtag Atlanta, hashtag the South. And he's got a beautiful picture. I don't know where this is in Atlanta, but it's a beautiful, colorful sign on the side of a building that says Atlanta spelled out with a big A, T, a big L, big A, big N, big T, big A, Atlanta. Very colorful, very nice. A lot of buildings around the Southeast have beautiful artwork a lot of people have gone in modern times and made some pretty ugly buildings look a lot better by putting some great artwork on the side of them that's what this guy james d hart found while in atlanta just the other day well he also writes that according to his twitter profile below this picture of his picture of the atlanta sign 
He writes, one of the ways we can serve small business restaurants and hourly workers during the COVID-19 outbreak is by ordering food to go and leaving a generous tip. Hashtag coronavirus. So take that from James D. Hart. If you're in the 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 entertainment the field, if you're in the restaurant field and you're a, a person who depends on tips, this has got to be a tough time. This has got to be a scary time for you. In fact, when I wrap up here today, I'm going to go out and get me something to eat, and I'll make sure I go to a place that depends on people to get tips and give them a, a nice, generous tip, because we know that the movie theaters, we just told you in the previous segment, they had a horrible weekend, the worst weekend in 20 years. People scared to go to see theaters, go to the movies, go to go to a theater, and you would think this is also trickling down to restaurants, and and I'm going to tell you about an experience I had at a Hardee's this past weekend when our Taco Polo storyteller, Jerry Short, joins us in the next segment. So, yeah, keep our, our servers in mind, those who depend on tips, certainly. And also those who work in restaurants. Isn't it a nice thing to leave a dollar or two for the person that comes by and cleans up your nasty table? A person who has to deal with perhaps getting coronavirus because you could be contaminated and you don't even know it. And they have to come clean up your table, your plate, your fork, your drink glass, and they could be affected by it. So just if you don't mind, let's remember all of our people in that profession of restaurants, whether it's here in the coronavirus outbreak or even beyond this, always good to try to leave closer to a 20% tip as opposed to a 0% tip. Okay. Thank you, James D. Hart, for that information. Cody Alcorn is on Twitter, at Cody Alcorn, a journalist at Fox Carolina. I think that's Greenville, Asheville, Spartanburg. I think it's Fox Carolina. And he's a proud alumnus of the University of Tennessee, Martin. Go Skyhawks. And he's a native of the Show Me State. Cody Alcorn is who we're talking about here. Cody writes this week, Can you imagine if this was during football season, People would be losing their minds. Hashtag the South. And he's got a link to last week when it was announced that the March Madness Tournament for college basketball was being, uh, I think it's being canceled. Let's be honest with you. It's suspended for sure, likely canceled. And and uh, I'm so confused now. I think it is canceled, but I get confused because college baseball's Omaha deal got canceled, but they haven't necessarily canceled college baseball because some conferences are sitting here talking about perhaps getting back up and playing in April. And I don't know about college basketball, so uh, to, to be determined. But right now, we know that college basketball's March Madness doesn't appear to be happening, okay? And Cody Alcorn's purpose of getting on Twitter is to say, could you imagine if this happened during football season, people would be losing their minds? Well, people are losing their minds about not having sports of any kind. It was a pretty bland weekend Maybe it was time people got together to steal a line from the Alan Jackson song, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning, which came out after the 2001 terrorist attacks here in this country. People turned off the TV and they paid a little bit more closer attention to their family and what they had, the things that really mattered, not the silly stuff. Perhaps your weekend was spent doing something like that. And to the Carolinas, we go for another tweet from Corey Silker at Girl Carolina 2. As she writes in her profile, what can I say? I am a weather nerd and I love my PD, love being a Carolina girl and being awesome and kind to others. Okay. Uh, all right. She loves her PD. I guess her uh, police department. I'm not sure what Girl Carolina 2 is here saying, but she writes here and I'll share it with you. She writes, I came up with a t-shirt for anyone living in the South or North Carolina like me 
dealing with allergies and having to go in public. And she's got a picture of her T-shirt that she came up with there in North Carolina. And she writes, that's the way people still approach me. And her T-shirt, by the way, says, I have allergies, not the coronavirus. And remember, there's a lot of people right now battling allergies, not coronavirus. There's a lot of people battling the old standard flu that we get this time of year and not the coronavirus. So let's... Let's try to be a little bit realistic here. If you hear somebody sneezing, if you hear somebody coughing, don't think the worst. They could just be having a bad day from an allergic standpoint. They could be having a little bit of the flu, which, by the way, if you have the flu, you need to quarantine. That that should be the case anyway, regardless of the coronavirus of this year. If you had the flu last year, you should have been quarantined for a couple of days, maybe not 14 days to not affect other people a lot more people when this is all said and done a lot more people here in 2020 are going to likely die from the flu than the coronavirus even across the entire world so keep that in mind let's let's try to let's just try to back off the ledge a little bit but while still being very very informed and aware of how serious this could be and how it serious it is it is but we don't need to be thinking the end of the world is upon us, okay? Let's get through this. Let's let's come out of this positive. But but one way we can come out of it positive is by being smart and doing the things to control this coronavirus. And that is our hashtag hullabaloo here to start off our week. And remember, wash those hands and stay inside if you have any trace of being sick at all. I don't care if it's the coronavirus. If you've got... If you, um, pulled your back the other day and you don't think you need to be out walking around stay in bed stay quarantined 14 days right there we've got a whole nother hour of the y'all show coming up and we'll tell you all about it. we'll have fun with jerry short he'll be our very special guest as his takapola story time is going to be elongated we're going to have him on for just about all of hour two and we'll have a great conversation with the takapola storyteller jerry short that's up next on y'all When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. It's another hour of the show all about Dixie. I'm John Rawl. This is y'all. And we are going to do a little bit something different here this hour. Because of the uh, cancellation, suspension, you pick the adjective, we are going to do something a little bit different this hour. Because we don't have a whole lot of sports to talk about here as we look back at the weekend in sports. So we're going to go ahead and welcome a little bit earlier than normal to our Monday second hour the Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short. Hello, Jerry. Hey, John, man. I tell you, uh, you wouldn't believe the aircrafts that are landing and taking off in Takapola today. <laughs> I ain't seen our runway so busy in years. Well, I thought Takapola might be our best place to go to escape this coronavirus. Cause, uh, I think it is. I think, <laughs> well, we can't have over a certain number of people, but uh, we can spread you out. 
Yeah, well, we're not we're not making light of coronavirus, but if this thing passes over like we hope it does, maybe we'll be getting a good laugh two to three months from now. Like, God, like, can you believe we were so worried about that thing? That's what we hope happens. Yeah, I mean, it's got to happen because I don't know how much our economy can stand. It was really uh, it was cooking, but uh, I've talked to some people that have lost so much money. <laughs> in this thing with the uh, stock market dropping as far as it has it it's uh canceling retirements for people like my son he thought he was going to retire at 55 if things don't change he won't make 55 and i'm not i'm not laughing at him i'm just saying you know that's how a lot of people find themselves in that situation hmm. So. Well, well, we're going to talk about that and more. We're also going to get an update from your bride as she went overseas for a funeral, and she's currently right now trying to work her way back to the South, and we'll find out the latest on that saga, a saga that changes by the hour. We'll tell you about that, what we know. Also, Jerry, a lot of people are having a quarantine. That's something you know a little bit about. We'll discuss that later in the hour but but as we look back at the weekend of sports jerry i want to if you want to chime in here you're welcome to a few things, a few things off the field that i do want to bring up so we can talk a little bit about stuff beyond the coronavirus the nfl players agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement and that's going to run through 2030 as they just got this passed with a vote of 1019 to 959 approved to approved it just required a majority of the players saying yes for this but it looks like jerry this will ensure the nfl labor and other parties come into an agreement and this is going to clear the way for a 17 game regular season as early as 2021 also look for the playoff teams to expand from i think the current 12 to i think 14 and that would be for the year 2020 that is if we have a 2020 nfl season but mm, it would be like uh, kicking off the 2020 season with that. Yeah, mm. and the mm. salary cap for this year because of this new agreement is going to increase to 198 million dollars per team. That's an increase of 10 million from last per year. Team. So yeah. uh, again, some of the players not necessarily in agreement with this thing. It was a pretty close vote, but in the end. The players ended up voting for this change. So 17-game regular season for 2021. And I don't know. I saw some of the proposals there where it looked like maybe because they had another additional regular season game that a player was going to be required to sit at least one game in the regular season so they would still be playing 16 games. I'm not sure a if that player, is. A player would have to sit. Yeah, it would be essentially it'd still be playing 16 games it's a season. 16 games for one individual. Correct. Correct. But I don't know if that ended up being a part of this deal or not. I haven't read through the entire agreement, but it it it, it means more money. If if nothing else, it means well, more I, money. Obviously, you know, obviously and I'm sure the networks are all for it. And uh that's another game. So did you say that they would also add a couple of teams to the playoffs? Yes. They're gonna expand, I think, two teams per league. I think I'm right on that. Dang. So then, in essence, then um, you could, uh, if you won the Super Bowl, that you're uh, and went undefeated and broke Miami's record, which mm-hmm. you'd already break it on that extra game, just about. But uh, how many games would could that be? That could be um, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, about twenty-one. Yeah, it could be. Goodness gracious. 
That is a lot of football, I guess. How, do you think that this new league is uh, putting a little in that uh, vinegar? You're talking about the XFL, which just canceled its season? Yeah, it just canceled its season, but it was doing fairly well, wasn't it? I think it was doing okay. I, I think they're going to have some changes this off season. I would expect them to add an additional town or two, maybe move a town or two, maybe New York, L.A. Right, yeah. They might move those to the south. Maybe a Birmingham or Memphis could be new franchises. Yeah. Oh, I think so. And and uh, remember, in the other leagues that have tried to come in before, the Southern, uh, you know, this I've been told by friends that listen to this new league that, and watch the new league that it's got a little bit more college style to it, and that would fit in the South. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's just more of a Southern, and it's got some rules that. Uh, I think even the Citadel is going to try, or they were, I guess it's out now. Yeah, they did try. In fact, that might have been the last football game played oh, because really? it was a spring game on March 7th, something like that. Yeah, they were going to do that kickoff. And, and everybody <laughs> shut down their spring practices last week because of coronavirus. So uh, that school <laughs> ended up wrapping up its entire spring practice for the year. And a handful of other schools had already finished their spring drills before everybody's had to shut down all of a sudden. But and some haven't. I don't think even started. Yeah, I believe the one north of me. I don't think that even started. Yet. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. So it's a real difficult situation. Now we're talking money here. We're talking NFL. We're talking to Jerry Short, by the way, too. Here, our talk full of storyteller, putting on his sports journalist cap. We're talking about players making more money. It was a pretty good day Sunday for Ryan Tannehill, the former Texas A&M quarterback, Miami Dolphin quarterback, who ended up being traded to the Tennessee Titans. Well, the Titans have agreed on a four-year deal with their signal caller that will pay him up to $118 million. In four years? For four years of play. The deal, which is average annual value of just under $30 million. Includes, $30 million. Jerry, it includes the kind of deal you got here on the Y'all Show. It includes a 60 62- You know, that's it. That- this, I want to talk to you about that. We can talk about that in private later. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, Th- this deal with yeah. Ryan Tannehill is a $62 million fully guaranteed deal. You know, that's you – know, of course, I'm proud for him and all that, but it's it's getting out of hand. And, uh, you know, if they designate him as, as their athlete-designated uh, uh, money athlete, uh, that takes away from a lot of other players and uh, – of course, I've known of some that have uh, reduced their salary to try to build a better team. Um, so it's just, it's just, uh, it's got to be a, I guess there's not a glass ceiling, but you'd think it would be, wouldn't you? Yeah, and this is a guy who kind of came out of nowhere. He was the backup quarterback to start the 2019 season there in Nashville as he was backing up Marcus Mariota, the former Heisman Trophy winner for the Titans. And he have some good agents. And he helped the Titans to the playoffs. He was named the NFL Comeback Player of the Year for 2019 after Tennessee went to the AFC Championship game and lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, the eventual Super Bowl champions. Tannehill, the number eight pick by the Miami Dolphins back in 2012 out of A&M, and a great payday for him. What this means for Titans fans and for the rest of the NFL with the Titans ponying up to pay him, again, what could be nearly $120 million, Tom Brady likely not going to be going to Nashville. Where do you think Tom Brady is going to be playing football here in 2020? Uh, his contract expires with the Saints. 
No, no. Oh, that, whoa. I'm that, thinking that's Drew Brees. I think Drew uh, Brees he, is, he expires with New England. Yeah. Because um, there was a lot of talk that he know, might be going to Nashville. Is Eli going to New England? No. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just joking, but uh, that would be uh, some kind of uh, twist that would uh, be the headline of the highlights, wouldn't it? But uh, no, I don't, I don't know where he would go. Uh, you know, he's the type of player that hadn't got a lot of years left. He's been in a, one system his whole career, I think, hadn't he? Not that I keep up with pro football. Well, he's had the same coach, which you don't often yeah. have the same yeah. coach for what's been almost 20 years. 20 years. And, I mean, you take a situation like that, it's, it's really not as many – right fits as you would think it would be because of the success of the franchise so uh i'm nashville is definitely out i would would uh, think so unless he wants to be a backup which hey i can think of a better place uh not hmm. too many better places to ride off in the sunset than looking out over nashville and middle tennessee as a backup role to ryan Tannehill. I think there's a good chance you might see Brady at least being courted by the Los Angeles Chargers. and The Los Angeles Chargers. And a very good chance he could end up right where he started, which is New England, when, when and if we get to the 2020 NFL season. Let's talk a little college basketball. It was just announced by the NCAA that they are not going to release the brackets for this year's tournament. Of course, the tournament now canceled by the NCAA, but the selection co- committee... They could have announced the field of 68, not that it would have meant anything, but let's say, Jerry, you had a really good season. You could have at least seen that you had been made, yeah. made the tournament, and all that was a little bit premature since we would not have known what would have happened with some of the conference tournaments where you might have had a Cinderella go through and be hired there. But no bracket revelation here in 2020 because of coronavirus. Well, if a team worked that hard all year and had a really good record and and uh, was expecting to be a, a top seed, say at least a seven or eight. It, you know, they deserve to have that uh, recognition. I think, yeah, uh, because it's a lot of work to play basketball. Obviously, that's one of the reasons they shut pro basketball down because all the physical contact that's involved in it, and all the uh, fluids that are splattered around, and blood and and you name it, and uh, that's one of the main reasons there. So I, I'd like to saw them go ahead and put that bracket out there, just, uh, just uh, for the Vegas people anyway to see how, <laughs> how good they were, see if they were on target. Jerry, I know you covered a lot of basketball games and football games with that as well. And how about this blast from the past? I'm sure you saw this guy coach a few games for the Kentucky Wildcats. Rick Patino sure. back in the news. Coach Patino, who got fired yeah. at Louisville a few years ago after things that happened off the basketball court. Iona, not Iowa, but Iona, oh, has hired him I- as the new head coach after he spent some time overseas. Well, I'll be dog. You know, I somebody always hires somebody i know liberty university hired somebody that i didn't think would get hired in football Mm -hmm. but uh you take uh mr patino i remember when he first came in and he uh didn't want to play a couple of smaller schools in the sec because he said that venue was not big enough for his wildcats and I've been at a press conference where he uh, 
he just almost was rude because he had to be at those two venues and they might have been in mississippi i yeah. don't know well but uh you know that's the way and so was calipari was the same way and uh he came in and he didn't even he thought memphis was not even a good venue for him and he wouldn't uh, – I remember one press conference that uh, Wagner was just a freshman, and he sent him to the press conference, and we're sitting in there waiting, and uh, Calipari never showed up. And uh, poor old Wagner was a freshman just out of high school. Ole Miss had beat them that game, and so uh, he really didn't know what to say, and he was put on the spot, so – Sometimes these coaches that get big money and big pay and 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 uh, a lot of accolades maybe don't deserve it all. Hmm. I don't know. But um, I know Calipari said the only thing he used the Memphis Commercial Appeal newspaper for was to back over it when he backed out of his driveway going to uh, practice. I th- they may have been in the – I guess they were in the pyramid then. I don't think they were in the FedEx. Uh, might have maybe before he got out, but at first I think they were in a pyramid. But anyway, well, kind of how it goes. These guys from Calipari to Patino, they're known for recruiting and some recruiting news, and not always recruiting on the on the up and up. Some questionable recruiting practices by Absolutely. those two guys, and certainly in Absolutely. in college basketball. Well, because of the coronavirus, the NCAA is now suspending on campus and off campus recruiting for all Division One sports through Tax Day, April fifteenth, as they've taken measures to mitigate any risk associated with the virus, and that of course includes recruiting. So, if you're a prospect out there, nobody's going to mm. be harassing you for a few weeks enjoy the break while you're in quarantine perhaps but no recruiting i bet they'll get i I bet they'll get text a few times what do you think they might i don't know if that's open or not (laughs) speaking of recruiting running back for the oklahoma sooners trey sermon is now entering the transfer portal following the season in which he was cut short by injury last year and he lost his place in the sooners offense he tweeted over the weekend his decision to leave norman and pursue a transfer he thanked the ou coaches trainers fans and more saying he's looking forward to what's next and the coronavirus is not something that i'm sure helping in his effort to land on a new squad he's a native from of georgia he finished with 385 yards on 54 carries during his time as an oklahoma sooner he leaves with uh 2076 career rushing yards and 391 receiving yards 25 total touchdowns and that, mm. again, a Georgia native for Oklahoma, Trey Sermon, looking to go on and play elsewhere in 2020. You know, uh, Oklahoma brings back a lot of memories. They've recruited good running backs from all over the southeast. And uh, they a lot of them haven't stayed there full, full time for some reason or other. But I go back to Bud Wilkerson, and Oklahoma's always been good. Yeah. And uh, they've had two or three off years. But, boy, they – they don't have many, so I'm sure they'll replace them. That would they will, and to get a kid from Georgia to go all the way to Big Twelve country play for Oklahoma, that it doesn't happen every day. Leaving SEC country to go to Norman, but uh, now he might be back in SEC mm-hmm. country. Jerry, I don't know if you tuned in the television Sunday trying to find any kind of sporting event on TV, but even NASCAR did not mm-hmm. race over the weekend as NASCAR postponed the next two race weekends. 
They canceled the race at Atlanta Motor Speedway and that race in South Florida at Homestead Miami Speedway. All this as a result of the coronavirus outbreak. And the next scheduled NASCAR Cup Series race, March 29th at Texas Motor Speedway there in the Metroplex. Yeah, just south of uh, Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. Oh, right there were 35 splits, I believe. It's just right in the middle of that. Uh, But, you know, know, I don't want to get political about any of this stuff, which I never believe, you know, I never never get too political. But uh, uh, maybe we're, if we can't have events outside, uh, there's things that we don't know about this coronavirus. It's uh, just getting to be a little bit much. Well, I thought NASCAR would at least take advantage of the fact that, okay, fans aren't in the stands. We're still going to race. And for them to cancel and to maybe have a monopoly of live sporting competition, even though I don't think of NASCAR as a true sport, it's entertainment. But they they, they, they could have had an opportunity here this past weekend to be the only so-called live event on TV, and, and they passed up on it because of the fear of coronavirus. So... Yeah, when, when you know, DC infecting sports just a little bit too much, maybe. Well, it um, reminds me of a, a meme somebody sent out on Sunday that I saw. It said the only virus to be afraid of is the virus known as the media. That's true. Of which and we're not media. part of here on the y'all show. Oh, not that type, anyway. Here. You know, so I'm I'm just thinking, you know, like baseball, collegiate baseball. Uh, is it done for the year, or is, are they going to play? They, you know, they set these dates ahead, but why do they think it would be better two weeks from now, four weeks from now? I don't look for that to happen. Well, they I'm canceled. They canceled Omaha. That's not going to happen. That doesn't That's mean right. some of these conferences can't get back together in a couple of weeks and decide. Well, you know what? We're at least going to play for a conference championship. And I'd love to see some of your big conferences out there at least have some sure. sort of college base. Just, if nothing else, to bring us back to normalcy. Let, let, well, have, haven't they mentioned that you're going to give them another year of uh, of um, eligibility? They will, but they, uh, that doesn't help the people in these towns. No, that don't, that don't help. What if The money has already been lost mm-hmm. this past weekend in towns, hotels and restaurants. And you can just sit here and name it all day. That has cost these smaller, mostly in the South, because there's probably now about 10 schools that really have big crowds in baseball, collegiate baseball. And those are the ones that depend on that revenue coming in. I've seen it happen in too many places. Mm -hmm. And also at Hoover, when you have the uh, SEC baseball tournament, Uh, occasionally it's somewhere else, but 90% of the time it's at Hoover, Alabama, right out of Birmingham. And, uh, hey, they fill up a uh, triple, I think that's a triple A farm club facility. Double A. They fill it. Is it double A? They yeah, fill it up. A, a vacated I mean, double A. The Barons actually have a newer park, Regions Park, in downtown Birmingham now. Oh, is that right? I that, didn't know that. Yeah, that, that, that old, the old Met there at Hoover is essentially used for the SEC tournament and for Hoover Buccaneer football, the high school team there. That's about it. Jerry, we got more. We got, okay. Yeah, okay. we we got more to talk to you about. We're going to switch over and talk a little bit about your wife as she traveled to the Philippines, sadly, for a funeral right here in the height of this coronavirus outbreak. And we're trying to get her back to the good old U.S. of A. We'll discuss the latest on that. Also, Jerry Short, when he was a little bitty baby, 
he got quarantined and i want to talk to him about that it wasn't because of the coronavirus it was for something else that we have heard of but maybe not have had to endure like jerry did as a youngster all that continuing with our takapola storyteller and that's coming up Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. The Y'all Show, as we continue here, as we get a week of Y'all Shows going after a couple of days off last week for what we thought was a kind of a, a very abbreviated spring break aversion. Frankly, I'm glad we were off the air because so much stuff was happening those last two days of the work week with all the coronavirus stories and such that we couldn't have kept up with it. So a much, a, a very well-timed little pause we had so thank y'all for sticking with us through the couple days we were off but we're right back here going strong starting another week out with the y'all show jerry short the takapola storytellers with us jerry your wife had a brother pass away recently and she traveled back to her native philippines for the funeral and now she's trying hard and it's tough tough for her to get back to the u.s here with all the travel restrictions so if you don't mind i know this changes by the hour but what can you tell us about sonia as she's trying to get back here to the u.s well the funeral was uh two days ago and uh i was supposed to pick her up at the airport in memphis um today and uh or early in the morning it's about uh two or three o'clock in the morning or something like that but however that all got changed obviously with all these flights around the world and uh she's trying to trying to work her way out of the philippines but they shut manila down and you can't get in and out of manila like you once could and i can't talk about uh all the you know what possibilities are but it's a lot of work involved in trying to uh skip and hop some of those islands in the philippines to get out of there and then make can be done right now that she's looking like she might could get back to memphis by the 22nd or 3rd or something like that but uh, that's not for sure you know they let her know that uh, 
there was X number of people still ahead of her that was trying that uh, route that she was trying. And so uh, just going to have to wait and see. It's playing it day by day, and uh, it's really inconvenienced. Uh, she has a home over there, and her sister also does. And uh, they, uh, they've got to get back to Salt Lake City. And they're having trouble too. They're working today on if it's any way possible to get out. Mm. So, you know, I don't know what'll happen if you get out and you get in. You know, once you get in here, I know um, she wouldn't come through LAX, but I understand that LAX has just been a nightmare out there. And uh, she would come through in Atlanta, but you might have to go back through Seoul, and that would be the one that uh, I don't know what Atlanta would do. On testing, I hope they have what it takes to do the testing there because, uh, you know, you just never know. I know uh, the health department in a town uh, that I'm familiar with that, uh, that uh, my, uh, I have relatives that have a uh, uh, urgent care clinic and the health department sent someone to their place the other day and because they thought they had it. Uh, they did have a strain, but it was a wrong strain, thank goodness. But the health department out of the state came up and talked and interviewed and said, hey, you know, we can't have this. And uh, they can't come in here. They can't go to the emergency room. You know, you got to quarantine. And they had a strain, but it wasn't a strain that uh, we're worried about. So, you know, it's just things like that that happen daily, and you never know where they're going to happen. We haven't had that many cases in Mississippi. I don't think we've had a death unless it happened today. I hadn't heard about it. And uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know about four cases maybe. And most of them, I understand there's one in Greenwood, Mississippi now. And that's pretty close to uh, Acapola. And uh, I don't know where that person had been. And there's a couple in Hattiesburg. And I think one gave one to the other and they come they came out of Florida. My granddaughter was at Opry Lane. Oh, Opry Lane. It, uh, <laughs> been a long time since I took my children to Opry Lane. Uh, my my uh, granddaughter was at Disney World, and they shut it down, I think, Friday, but Thursday. She texted a photo that they had them wearing gloves riding these rides and things. And... Uh, you know she's a she's a ninth grader. She's a, a big big girl. But uh, anyway, she uh, you know I don't think putting gloves on would cure you rubbing your face with your hands or your gloves. I don't see much difference there. Yeah, but well, uh, uh, things like that you just never know from day to day. So we just got our fingers crossed that uh, my wife can get here, and it's week to week. But right now they're double crossed and praying that it'll be. Uh, um, next Monday. One thing complicating your wife's desire to get here is the fact that she's actually not officially a U.S. citizen. She's a, a whisker away from being that. Yeah, really. We recently took the the trivia question. We had a contest here based on some of the questions they asked someone like your wife in her effort to become a U.S. citizen. You got to pass a citizenship test. And Jerry, you can go ahead. And maybe this will help get a get her a, a little bit more ahead in the line. They'll let her skip a, skip a couple spaces. Well, go, that's true. go ahead and announce how she did on her citizenship test. Well, like all other, you know, she got ten years of college and a couple of master's degrees and different stuff. So uh, she um, 
made a hundred <laughs> and uh, which most of our american <laughs> citizens could born and raised here couldn't make a hundred on that thing so i know the security the security guard come out while i was waiting in the waiting area and he said uh the person that gives your wife the test said your wife needs to be back there giving tests <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know you know you never know but, but she's she studied hard it wasn't easy stuff so she's just but waiting a swearing in ceremony to become a u.s she's waiting citizen. oath and uh she has me check the mailbox every she's gone for two and a half weeks and i had to check that mailbox every day to see if they had a date set up for the oath <laughs> which i'm sure that'll probably be postponed now yeah. with all that's going on because they have a group of people taking the oath at, at one time in an enclosed area so uh I guess that'll probably be put on hold on the oath taking. Well, if if she was an official citizen, I'm sure that would help her in her, her effort to get back here safe and sound. We wish her and well, everybody so. else traveling, even our U.S. citizens that went abo- uh, across somewhere and are trying to get back here. Let's try to get through this thing together. Now, how have how has this affected us here in the good old U.S. of A.? I haven't, at least in the last couple of days, noticed much of a change, Jerry. However, when I went down to my local Hardee's, they did do things there a little bit different. Talk about wearing plastic gloves. All the workers had plastic gloves there. Yeah. They, they wouldn't let you go get the the napkins out of the containers. They gave you your napkins there oh, I think they okay. also shut down the soft drink things they wouldn't let you go get refills. oh you couldn't fix your own drink they gave it to you yeah and then oh i'll be and, and that was at hardy's and that was just at a typical uh american style restaurant fast food chain correct no they did it they did all that and they had a little note on the counter explaining what all was going on. I wasn't quite – I gave her cash money. It wasn't like I'm trying to do my part to contain it. I, I had to interact. I, I paid with cash, and I went back and got refills. So they had to touch my – actually, they threw my cup away. When I got a refill, they, they gave me a brand-new cup, yeah. Huh. Well, that must be a – the national chain must have uh... – told them hey this is the way it's going to be from now on and we're hearing that on this day they may shut down restaurants around the country which i think so i mean that's a that's a major decision that's a decision that you talk about affecting people's lives there's people like me jerry i don't know about how how empty your cupboard might be pretty empty (laughs) i looked at it uh, i looked at it today and my wife had fixed me enough food to make it through to tomorrow when she got back it was frozen stuff and a meal at a time and and hey i'm gonna have to eat like two bites of the rest of i mean i'm like most people in the south i usually eat most of my meals out on the town somewhere fast food drive-through restaurant i don't cook and if i cook i got a few things to eat here but it's not going to make me get through a week maybe two to three days and there's a lot of people who just can't get up and go to restaurant or, or they don't have the food to if they don't have the food saved up they don't have the ability to go to a grocery store or other places to get food so are, are, well no uh, i escalated across the street from this house uh that i'm in now and uh she's 94 and i told her you know call me if you need something and i'll go get it because you just can't be running back and forth 
And you, and they say the shelves are empty anyway. I hadn't been in a grocery store. And uh, toilet uh, uh, tissue, that's become an issue that I really don't understand. We talked Why, about that in the first hour, Jerry. I thought of you. Oh, you did? We talked about okay. this. There's a okay. plant in Choctaw County, Alabama. Do you know what town that is? Oh, Choctaw County. No, I know. I know. I don't. Wait, wait. Is that down now on the Mississippi line around uh, across from uh, Meridian somewhere? Uh, I think it's Butler. That's Butler. It joins Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Butler yeah, is where they have a big plant that makes toilet paper there. Yeah. And they yeah, got okay. 900 employees. They're doing huh, doing extra duty, if you know what I mean, uh, to yeah. to get the toilet paper cranked out. What goes into making toilet paper, Jerry? Well, the same fiber that's dissolving pulp. And, uh, what what type of trees pulp. are we talking about? Probably a pine because it dissolves a lot better with the chemical. Okay. And uh, they have a big toilet paper place at Bowwater and Tibby up at uh, Tennessee, north of Chattanooga also. And I understand they've been having some problem with their uh, manufacturing of it, so... I know they're speedy trying to. It's owned by a Canadian outfit, but I know they're they're trying to speed production up because they didn't have that much actually in uh, supply. So I was told that they were really really fighting that thing because that's a high seller right now. You can make some money off of some uh, pine trees dissolving pulp and run that through the mill and come out as uh, toilet tissue. Can you see the demand of needing toilet paper being filled pretty quickly? Is it is the process of making toilet paper something that takes a long time to do? Well, if you're behind like that and, you know, you don't, you got X amount of workers and X amount of uh, uh, raw product on the mill, and the weather has been so doggone wet uh, logging has been really slow in the, in the woods. I would say if they don't have a good bit of inventory built up, they'll have to try to then get some loggers and some fiber move pretty doggone quick, or they won't have the material to make a, a lot of uh, whatever product needs to be made in a, a short period of time. I've been through that before in 70 when gas got to a dollar. We just didn't think we was going to make it. We added a lot of logging jobs in the company I work for, International Paper Company, to try to get things going because we couldn't get enough fiber quick enough when gas went that high. And uh, and it was it was just uh, people had shut down everything, and and it was gone. And, and they just said, you know, we got to get this going. And, uh, and so they were so far behind with the inventory when gas went to a dollar. They finally, they had to just forget about it being real expensive. As a matter of fact, I paid a dollar, and I heard you paid less. I paid a dollar seventy a gallon for gas, and I believe you paid even less than that. Yeah, uh, I announced that in hour one in our business report. A dollar uh, fifty four is what I paid at the pump over the. That weekend. is, hey, it's been a while since I've seen a dollar fifty four gasoline. Mm. And uh, I enjoyed it, but really deep down, paying gas prices that low is not actually good for the economy, right? No, because I've already talked to some people on the pipeline out in uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico, and Pecos, Texas. It had a few lines out there, and you know, this is coming from Saudi Arabia and Russia, 
they're getting these prices. They're dropping these prices by flooding the market and whatever they're doing. But uh, a couple of jobs that they were going to kick off, they didn't kick them off in that um, Eagle Pass uh, oil shell because they don't need the product now at the refinery. So there's a couple of pipeline jobs that I know a guy that was going to be working on one of them, and he said things are still pretty open in uh, Oklahoma, and he was going to go to Enid, Oklahoma this week and see if he could hire on as anything, a flagman. It didn't matter. And he's an operator and a welder, and he can do anything, but uh, it slowed that industry down also. That's one you wouldn't think about. Nope. Hey, Jerry, we got one more segment with you here as we talk to our Takapola storyteller on this Monday edition of the Y'all Show. A lot of people are hearing the word quarantine. Well, that's a word, Jerry Short, you know a little bit about. And when, Boy, we, come, too much. And when we come back, we'll find out why you were quarantined as a, as a youngster and how you got through it. All that in our final segment of this, the Monday Y'all Show. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Wrapping up this start of the week edition of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, we are still joined by our Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short. And Jerry, I understand the word quarantine, which is a buzzword going on right now with the COVID-19 outbreak. Quarantine something you've actually done in your life. Absolutely. And uh, let me tell you, it was not fun. And I didn't do it for a week or two weeks or four or or a month. I did it for four months. And, uh, it, uh, what'd you go to prison I, for something? Well, it, it, yeah, I was, I felt like prison while I was quarantined, but, uh, uh, I said to stay by myself, uh, after the first couple of weeks because my mother worked and my, and my daddy worked and I was an only child and I, I stayed by myself. But I, uh, in 1960, I was 14 years old and, I don't know if this is where I got a disease called uh, infectious hepatitis. Mm-hmm. That's an uh, inflammatory patient of the in- inflammatory uh, of the liver. And in most cases, I think it's caused by virus called uh, viral hepatitis. But, you know, you can get a hepatitis C, which is usually by uh, needles or drugs. Obviously, it 14 years old in 1915, um, what did I say, 1960? Mm-hmm. I hope uh, I wasn't involved. didn't even know what any of that kind of junk was, but uh, definitely wasn't involved. I think I got mine because you can get it from eating off of raw uh, vegetables and things like that. Well, when I kind of left home, and I will tell this story some other day about leaving home because I'm talking quarantine, but I did uh, eat raw vegetables and things like that. 
So when I got home, um, this hepatitis, I was a carrier, I assume, and my cousin from Memphis came down, and we'd go camping and play all night. We had these boxes at a clothing factory that uh, they, they were as good a sleds as you would find in a doggone store anywhere. They were built really good, really stiff cardboard. And we'd take them up in these gullies. Now, a gully is an area back in those days that uh, before the government started planting pine trees and things to stop erosion, it washed away and from farming in the in the uh, 1880s and on up. And so places that had just kind of laid, laid barren. And we could play in them and have a really good time. You could slide slide down those sand slopes for – 20, 25 feet, 30 feet maybe if you found a really good gully. And we'd play all night. And then the next morning I ate uh, some just uh, some berries we found. Then I went over by a pond and knocked a cotton mouth out of the way and scraped up some water and drank some water out of that pond. And, and my cousin was with me. He was from Memphis. And uh, we had three other guys with us, you know, young guys. And on the way in, you had to walk down a railroad track. And I was talking to him the other day about it. And he said that, uh, he said, you know, he was so weak, but he didn't tell us. So I think he already had it. And you can catch a virus from someone else also. And, uh, but I, you know, I don't know which one of us got it first, but I know he, he was, he was, uh, diagnosed first with it. So he said he drove the back end out of a sleeping bag we had that night. And then we put him on a bus in Oxford, and he he left uh, and went to Memphis. And when he met his parents, he was so weak he couldn't get off the bus. Well, they immediately carried him to a doctor, and they called back for us. But we didn't do anything at first. I think he they said he was going to have to stay quarantined for 21 days in Memphis. So um, go to football practice and about pass out, but my daddy had told me, that afternoon, he wanted to grass cut. We started two a days in the summer. He wanted to grass cut. So uh, I go uh, cutting the grass in the backyard, and I almost pass out, and they have to take me to the doctor. And um, the doctor diagnoses it as hepatitis, which is your skin is yellow, your eyes are yellow. It's a jaundice. Another another uh, common name for it is yellow jaundice. And uh, – it can spread, you know, with, like I said earlier, with uh, food and water. Um, but anyway, that's undercooked food and fruits and veggies and things like that can cause it. So I came down with a pretty dang bad case of it. And when I went to the doctor, uh, I didn't know it was as serious until about a month or two later when I got well. But I, I know the football players told me that the coaches told them, do not go by Jerry Short's house, period. Don't go near the house. So when two or three was brave enough to even come by, they would walk in the main street, which was a main highway in front of my house. And I'd stand in the door when I finally about after about a month, I got out of bed. And uh, but I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't hardly, you know, they try to keep you full of fluids. But um uh, I think it was broth mostly that I had and finally got down to where I could have a uh, chicken breast ball with no skin on it. 
because you didn't want to get any fat at all. And then finally, you know, I complained to the doctor so much that uh, he said, well, put a little vinegar on that boiled chicken breast for a little taste. You know, I kind of like that today, a boiled chicken breast, yeah. a little vinegar on Yeah, because I stayed in there so long. But I got to feeling better, and uh, but I still, the way they would test you then, and I'm sure the medicine – Medical science has come a long ways on something like that now. Probably pills could uh, solve it now. But uh, back then, I'd have to go and they'd shoot about five cc's of uh, dye in one arm and wait about 30, 40 minutes till it went all through your body and pulled it out of the other arm. And then they would run tests on it and tell you uh, in a couple of days if you were cured or not. Well, this went on for about two months that I stayed quarantined feeling pretty Felt pretty good, but uh, you know, I would I would probably do more than I should if I would have just stayed real still and quiet. Probably could have got well maybe in three months, but uh, I stayed down four months because I I got where I'd want to run around in the house and and I had a little old puppy dog in there with me and I'd play with it and chase it around. But uh, I was still quarantined and look, fortunately for me. I had a couple of uh, teachers, one algebra teacher and then one history teacher. Uh, they they came after the uh, about the start of the third, middle of the third month, and uh, they tutored me enough that I was able to pick up those two credit hours. Now I missed uh, a couple of credit hours in French and. Uh, um, forgot what the other subject was uh probably civics probably english is bad as how many but uh that's what it was it was english uh, i didn't i didn't pay i had to go to summer school that year at university high in oxford to uh pick those two credit hours up but uh you know it kept me behind in school it kept me behind in sports it kept me behind in everything and uh it uh you know when you get quarantined like that i can I certainly feel for anybody. I don't care. I, I don't feel for these people that complain about a week or two because, uh, you know, that, that needs to be done. But um, I feel for the people that get quarantined for months at a time because I went through it and I know exactly what it's like. And, you know, thank goodness uh, you carry your carrier for life of hepatitis. And I can never give blood. That was the first thing they told me, and they told my cousin that, and he just, you know, he was only quarantined for three weeks. But uh, I was told by one of my good friends, a veterinarian, and I trust him as much as I would a medical doctor. But he says they have a, they have a, a vaccination now that they can, uh, the vaccine can cure your liver when you get about my age. And I'm not going to say I'm old, but I'm. I've got a I've I've got a lot of moons have set on me, but um, we uh, he said that you can get that shot, and because at my age you're subject to uh, maybe getting liver cancer, so I'm going to check into that. I only found out about that two or three days ago when we were talking about all this quarantine is going yeah. on, what? and so uh, that you know that's my experience with uh, quarantine, and uh, thank goodness for. I love Lucy and Bonanza, and that's my line. And 
all those good shows that we had in 1950, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or 60. 60. Yeah. 50, I won, but I won before you were old. Yeah, I think, and, and, and somebody in that time period said, Jared, go to your room and stay there for four months. And I don't think oh, you were a very goodness. good listener, it sounds like. No. I mean, if I hadn't been so sick that I couldn't get out of bed at first uh, three or four weeks, uh, I'd have probably just went on. I was told later on that they – they had seriously thought that I might not make it. Hmm. And, uh, Did you make you it? Know, to, I hadn't figured it out yet. <laughs> that's, the reason, that's the reason I want that shot in yeah. the liver. Well, no more <laughs> quarantining for you, Jerry Short. Well, that wraps up our conversation with you, Jerry. Thank you. We look forward to having you back on next week. Maybe a little bit more brighter subject can be brought up with you. Oh, that was pretty bright. I know you got a laugh out of that. Yeah, somewhat, somewhat. <laughs> that wraps up our show here today. Thank y'all for listening. We'll be right back here for a new y'all show Tuesday. Until that time, be safe and keep it y'all. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.